Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and tonight's show is going to be all about fast food. That's right. Let's uh, meet our team, starting with the team to my left. Do we have a team name over here? Yes. Okay. Our team name is Two All Beef Patties, Special Sauce, Lettuce Cheese, Pickles (laughs) Onions on a Sesame Seed Fun. Wow, I couldn't help but sing the song in my head. Not <laughs> worth it. Is a song? <laughs> and let's meet our individual players, starting on the far end. Hi, I'm Daryl Monty. I'm James Freetley. And I'm Sarah Costello. Excellent. And do we have a team name on my right? Yes. Okay, lay it on me. Double Down TF. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Uh, and let's meet our individual players, starting on the far end. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi, and the worst job I ever held was working at Little Caesars. Oh, oh wait, I didn't know we got to do these and personalize ourselves. <laughs> we, we can go back and we'll revisit. All right, we've right. only been doing this show for a year. Yeah, you're an expert. <laughs> I'm Logan Dean, and I worked at a Taco Bell. It was all right. <laughs> Uh, I'm Eleni Sovajo, and I worked doing medical billing. That was my worst job ever. <laughs> did, did you ever work at a fast food industry type? No. No? We uh, just had worst job. Okay. This was the worst. <laughs> Do we have worst jobs or fast food jobs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my uh, first job was my worst job. I worked under the table at a recycling center. Oh, no. So you like, got hit uh, with a bunch of cans and bottles. Yeah, where people redeem cans for like five cents. That was horrible. Uh, closest I ever worked to a fast food joint was working at the cafeteria in my college, but the, my co-cashier was the nephew of Thelonious Monk. Oh. Yeah. oh. The jazz man. Yeah. So we talked about comic books. <laughs> Aunt Sarah, do you have any? Man, worst job I ever worked was at Ulta. Some retail stuff. Yeah, our, our store was like a big theft store, so we always had to go to like 6 a.m. meetings. Don't let people steal perfume. It was a whole thing. Don't let them. <laughs> yeah, as if it was our fault. Not that it I was paid enough fault. to care. I, I have a follow-up question. I know we haven't even begun the show. We have not. But legally, like, I know some businesses are like, hey, if someone steals something, don't do anything. Just let them do it. You're just supposed to like follow and like make sure. But no, this one was kind of like, stop, don't let them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds terrible. All right. I had a manager who ran out after a guy. It was <laughs> About it what, was medical billing? <laughs> no, no, that was... <laughs> America. Stop, yeah. we didn't bill you enough. <laughs> Is that what happened? That's exactly what okay. happened. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go to our first question before we get to, uh, too in the weeds here. This will be a question for two all-beef patties. Uh, oh, you Quiero Taco Bell I, question. I believe there was quite a bit of important. <laughs> Say I'm not, it. I'm not doing this. Say it. it. Say no. it every time. You coward. I, I will do nothing of the sort. Unabridged and in its entirety. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> Yo Quiero Taco Bell questions. Since its founding in 1962... Taco Bell, named after its founder, Greg Bell, has become one of the undisputed... Yeah, that's... Yep. 
Oh, no. It's a lot more lackluster than I expected. Uh, it's become one of the undisputed superstars of fast food. It rose to fame on the back of its cheap 88% beef tacos. That's a real number that they are actually proud of. And they even eventually joined the traveling Wilburys of fast food, the Kentaco Hut. But Taco Bell's advertising strategy hasn't always centered around chihuahuas and being made up of 3 to 5% oats. What space-related advertising stunt did Taco Bell pull in 2001? Welcome to college ha. territory, baby. It's me. Ha. 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 I'm at the Pizza Hut. What? I'm at the Taco Bell. What? I'm at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. I'm at the Pizza Hut. Now, Rich, what I did was a bad job on the music, and so tonight you're going to be needing to monitor the music very closely. Wait, what about... I got you. What about that song about Pizza Hut didn't fit? Oh, no, the song was perfect. I just failed to edit them properly, it turns out, and I just realized that uh, 20 words? seconds ago. Hmm? Were there potty words? No, I just didn't edit it correctly. All right, well, that's less fun than when I asked. Yep. Can I give my right answer? No, this is a tight ship. Nah. <laughs> okay, go for it. All right. Uh, so, Taco Bell uh, put a target out in the middle of the ocean, and there was a satellite that was falling to Earth, and they said if the satellite hits the target... Tacos for everybody! All right, so I have several questions. A lot of follow-ups. I plead the fifth. Uh, So how big was this target, and in what ocean? Ah, good questions from Sammy to Mimi, (laughs) ace attorney. (laughs) Uh, First one, big enough. Second one, Uh pretty big ocean. Oh, the pretty big ocean? The pretty big ocean. One Uh of the famous oceans, the pretty big ocean? Pacific. (laughs) That's the biggest one. (laughs) That's the biggest one. <laughs> he did ask you specifically, which ocean? Uh, can, I have, can I have all of their points for that? <laughs> yeah, I will give you all their points, which is uh, zero so far. Yeah, uh, no. So if, if the satellite, which satellite was falling out of the sky? Sputnik. Sputnik. <laughs> Sputnik, which was not a satellite, was falling out of the sky yeah, in 2001. Uh-huh. No, Sputnik the satellite. There was a second one. Oh, why was it just called Sputnik and not Sputnik Dose? I, I mean, you didn't ask for the specific oh, outlier. It was not Sputnik Dose. It was Sputnik Dos Locos. Yeah, was, this was the was potato satellite. I remember the potato satellite. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, yeah. and you said it would be uh, free food for everyone. But what's, like, was there a limit? I mean, what exactly would you get? I mean, was there a limit on imagination? <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> uh, do we think that's on the truth? Um, it sounds really convincing, and it sounds like a beautiful story. Absolutely fantastic. I want that to be real. <laughs> I want unlimited tacos forever. Um, but I remember something different, right? That's correct. Uh, although it was space-related, it was not something crashing to Earth. It was sending something into space. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, Lenny remembers perfectly because she watched it. Yeah, I watched it live. Uh, it was a sending a stuffed chihuahua and a chalupa in a little rocket ship into space and just seeing what happened. <laughs> just seeing what happened? Can yeah. we counter question? Yeah. yeah, sure. I think that's fair. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, as my memory does not fail me, the stuffed chihuahua obviously did not eat the chalupa. <laughs> the purpose of the experiment. Yeah, they when wanted to, to see, like, you know, is there life in space when you send a stuffed animal out into space? Does it become a real boy? And the answer was? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, they were actually telling the truth. Oh, that, what? Uh, 
Taco Bells, yep. They set up a giant floating raft that promised everyone in America a free taco if it was hit by a piece of, uh, it was actually Mir, the space station Mir. Yeah, it was Sputnik, uh, but okay. Sputnik. Uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll just, I'll fire my writers for getting this wrong. Thank you. Okay. Uh, also, they, uh, they set the raft, raft up like thousands of kilometers away, so there was no chance of it ever hitting. What amazes me is that James has been 99% BS throughout the show, and the one time I challenge him. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> All right, double down TF. Back in 2001, you couldn't find a strip mall or food court without its very own TCBY frozen yogurt store. With nearly 1,800 locations around the world, it didn't seem like anything would topple the frozen dessert giant until the entire country collectively remembered that ice cream tastes way better. There were still about 500 stores... I got some flack from the audience on that one. There were still about 500 stores in the U.S., mostly located in abandoned airport terminals, but the company is actually still considered the industry leader in Froyo innovation as they created the self-serve pay-by-the-ounce model we know today. The first self-serve franchise was opened in Arkansas by Sarah and Jared Greer, but this couple didn't have to pay a franchise fee or scout locations or even build the store. How did Sarah and Jared Greer land their own TCBY franchise for free? CB honey, rim so big, you can see me coming. Prime time kick, we get money. Stay iced up like TV Jenny. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. All right, how did these folks land their own free TCBY? Extortion. Extortion. They had compromising pictures of John TCBY, founder <laughs> of the TCBY. Got a couple questions. Yeah. Sure. First off, what is John TCB? Does the TCBY stand for anything? No, it's pronounced Tickby. <laughs> is that German? What is that? I, it might be. It might be okay. Latvian. I think it's Scandinavian. Yeah. Scandinavian. Yeah, definitely a European, northern to eastern European. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Definitely east. Yeah. Okay. These pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't say they were pictures. Yes, you did. Did I say pictures? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Compromising, what? They were pictures. Compromising <laughs> pictures. Spencer, we got some theories about the uh, validity of their question. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go ahead and just uh, put the nail in your coffin here. <laughs> what were they of? Uh-huh. They it's got a- the franchise. They never released them. Yeah, they never released it. And also, it's a, this is a PG-13 Show. I did explicitly ask you not to be explicit. So I'm explicitly saying no comment. <laughs> but we can we can let the audience imagine what would a guy named John Tickby get into? Use your brains. And think of the think of the nastiest uh, thing you can yeah. think of. Yeah. That's what it was of. Diaper oh. play. And by the way, <laughs> by the ounce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, we're going to have to move on, I think. Uh, is, is, this, is extortion the, the true answer? Close. Okay. We, uh, we believe good. it was a hush payment by the Clinton family. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, technically the Clinton Foundation. Clinton Foundation, yeah, of course. Clinton Foundation. Uh, no, actually, it was as simple as winning a contest. <laughs> That's right. In uh, 2009, stores were closing left and right, so TCBY tried to entice new franchisees by letting potential owners submit a two-minute video explaining why they needed a TCBY in their hometown. So they uh, not only convinced TCBY to open a shop in Fayetteville, but they won the license to the shop as well. I guess uh, Fayetteville really just needed a little active culture. What? Minus 10 points to that writer. I really like that. I like that one a lot, Spencer. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. That's very good. All right. Uh, two all-beef patties. Kentucky Fried Chicken is well-known for its founder and mascot, Colonel Harlan David Sanders, who opened the first KFC franchise in South Salt Lake, Utah, in 1952. He remained the brand ambassador for the chain up until his death in 1980 at the age of 90. In 2015, the company started leveraging a number of different famous actors to portray him in their advertising campaigns, including Daryl Hammond and Norm MacDonald. Who is the only woman to have played the colonel? This song leaves much to be desired. Are you kidding me? This is from the Aquabats' uh, best album, Super Rad. Or is that the name of the album? No, I think it's the return of the Super. Uh, it's the return of the Aquabats, and it's their very first album. We can't go anywhere until we figure this out. <laughs> Google it. Where are my ska fans at? Okay, nowhere <laughs> from the audience. Back that's, in I think that's fair. Uh, so, who's the only woman to have portrayed the Colonel? Spencer, let me tell you about her. She's a single mom who works too hard who loves her kids and never stops, with gentle hands and the heart of a fighter. Spencer, it's Reben McIntyre. <laughs> Did you just create a poem for Reba no, McIntyre? No, no, no. I'm telling you. who loves her. The theme song never, never stops. And gentle hands and a heart of a fighter. I'm a survivor. The yes. theme song to Survivor. It's the theme song to Reba, oh, okay. Spencer. Yeah, Reba. Come on! Could could it be any female who sung a song? Could have been the Colonel. It could have been like you know, all I wanna do is have some fun. fun. It could have been that lady. I just love to sing along to any song that's being sung. The fun thing about Reba playing the Colonel, though, is is like my friend here said, she did have to complete a military campaign first before. being uh, oh, made so the colonel. She had to achieve the rank of yes, colonel? Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, she had to earn it. She had Got to do it. it herself. So she spent 10 to 15 years in the military. Yeah, otherwise stolen valor. Fair, a lot that's of fair. squats. You know, it's a sort of Daniel Day-Lewis thing. Uh, what was know? her MOS? Oh, she did Desert Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Reba McIntyre oh, did Desert Storm. Did Desert Storm, yeah. uh, one or two. <laughs> Uh, both. <laughs> she did she it. Came she came back. She came back. Yeah, she was so popular. She came back for enduring freedom. <laughs> Made a big splash as Norman Schwarzkopf's right hand general. <laughs> well, I'm not very familiar with her military exploits. Can you give us like an example of a mission that only Reba McIntyre could have completed in Desert Storm? She stormed Baghdad. Only Holy Reba McIntyre can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Reba McIntyre is really powerful. I'm I'm standing by that. I, I'm with you. <laughs> you Ruba McIntyre is a boss. She is a boss. I I'd agree. Have you heard of SEAL Team 7? <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Spencer, we do agree. We do believe it is Reba McIntyre. Well, yes. they, they are correct. It was Reba McIntyre. <laughs> That's right. She was named the newest Colonel Sanders in January 2018. The first commercial features Reba as the Colonel singing a song about the new Smoky Chicken on stage at a rowdy honky-tonk. Here's uh, some of the words in the song. Thank this you. is true. This is real. I looked it up for myself. She sings... I'm Colonel Sanders, the same as always. Absolutely nothing's changed. Please ignore any likeness to a famous country singer. I'm definitely not a woman. That's <laughs> what the song says. It's a very funny commercial. I love it. People made money writing that. People made a lot of money writing that. Oh, my God, I was talking about this. Isn't that kind of sad? Uh, yeah, so this is, Sammy's always talking about the McDLT. <laughs> this is uh, for Double Down TF. Everyone loves Big Macs and McFlurries, but not all McDonald's menu items can be so popular. What? One of the company's biggest failures was a strange concoction known as the McDLT. Yeah. 
What TV legend starred in a 1985 commercial for the ill-fated McDLT? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. All right, double down, TF. What do you think here? What TV legend starred in a 1985 commercial for the uh, McDLT? Yeah, uh, just for our younger audience members who may not know what a McDLT is, yeah. uh, it was <laughs> McDonald's separated the burger into two sides. One side was for the cool toppings, and so you kept the cool side cool. And the other side was for the, the burger, and you kept the hot side hot. And it was in a big-ass styrofoam <laughs> container, which was very not environmentally friendly. Uh, however, they really rolled out all the stops for this commercial campaign with Tom Selleck. Yeah. Magnum. <laughs> Magnum what? P.I. Mm. Uh. Tom Selleck. He's question. got a mustache. Okay. And chest hair. Yes. Well, here's my question. Um, did Tom Selleck and Tom Selleck's mustache have separate contracts for this? One for the cool side, <laughs> one for the hot side. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it was per <laughs> side, not per mustache in person. Well, the mustache was for the cool side. Oh. And the, the rest chest of the chest hair was for the, was for the hot side. You know, sir, that's a great question, though. Now that I'm thinking back to that time period, I'm like, why wouldn't you have two separate celebrities pitching it? That'd be so... That's such a great idea. A cool if one only. and a hot yeah. one. Oh, you're on it. Let's bring it back. <laughs> like the lady from The Weakest Link, she'd be the cool one. <gasps> And then the hot one, even though she wasn't in the 80s, but whatever, we'd send her back. I mean, and, she was still alive then. And the heat miser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, at it. that point, wouldn't you get the other miser to be the cool one? No, no. it's the lady no, from no, the no, weakest no. link. Okay. That's so expected, Spencer. The and expensive. <laughs> Very expensive to get both of them. <laughs> Plus, you can't get them in the same room. They had to make a whole new franchise to spin them off. <laughs> That's true. I suppose so. They would just turn into a neutral miser. Do we think they're telling the truth? Uh, Tom no, Selleck? No, no. Uh, we believe the celebrity mm-hmm. uh, and TV legend was Launchpad McQuack from DuckTales. <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, Mr. McD, LT. <laughs> it's the only obvious choice. Okay, well, uh, no, it was not uh, <laughs> Launchpad McQuack, nor was it Tom Selleck. Uh, it was actually Jason Alexander, ah! a.k.a. George from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jerry! The hot side's hot! <laughs> This cold side is making me thirsty. <laughs> I love the idea of fast food making you put your food together. Yes. <laughs> it's fast, and then you slow down to yeah. really work on it. Like, in the song, in the commercial, or like he keeps describing it as like a, a, a hamburger, like the best lettuce and tomato hamburger. That's, they keep describing it that oh, way. Oh, no. Because that's all that's on it. I recently found out that club stands for cheese and lettuce under bacon. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Wow. You just uh, earned some points for your team. Wow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We probably know a fact or something. (laughs) So a turkey bacon club is redundant? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You just changed Sammy's life. All right. Oh, wait, I got a, I got an acronym. One. Can I get some points for an acronym? SCUBA stands for... No, no. uh, uh, Taser. (laughs) It stands for Tom Swift's electric ray gun. (laughs) That's not a joke. I... I, That's... You you are right. Give me them points. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'll take it under consideration. That was great. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Put Can you the, help me with my the points it in puts the, the points on its skin. Also, wouldn't the acronym for club sandwich be clubfed? 
because it's cheese and lettuce under bacon with a frilly toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a laugh from Club. Rich in the Booth, so. <laughs> all right, two all beef fatties, here we go. Ronald McDonald is the face of McDonald's. Did you know that? Of course. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Little known fact. Uh, at one point in the 1970s, he had a whole land filled with friends. Oh, wait now. Oh, yeah. McDonald Land, uh, to be exact. Home of the Grimace, Birdie the Early Bird, Fry Kids. What, did Eleni not know this? No, I knew. Okay. I'm just thinking of all the friends. All the friends. <laughs> Mayor McCheese was there. Uh, these characters are only somewhat remembered, but many have been lost to time. What character was introduced in the 1980s to help promote the Shamrock Shake? All right, what character was introduced in the 80s to help promote the Shamrock Shake? Uh, we believe it was the Ham Murderer. The hamburger, the hamburgerer, the ham murderer, the ham murderer. Oh my! He was my. the hamburger's older, worst cousin. <laughs> it's his cousin who did some hard time yeah. down in Quantico. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, so here's a question. Yeah, yeah, originally, yeah. originally, Grimace, you know, the purple fuzzy one, was evil. Uh-huh. So the ham murderer was also just evil. Well, he like, got yeah. Well, he got twisted. Uh, he got into some some trouble with the IRA during the troubles. IRA. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So when he got released from jail, mm-hmm. like he was just flew into Wait, a murder. Well, so why was he in an American jail if he was mixed up with the IRA in Ireland? He might have been all in the, the murders he did oh, in America. Okay. Wait, a more important question: How did this ham murderer promote the Shamrock? He uh, uh, well, he would put bombs in Protestant McDonald's. <laughs> Is that why all McDonald's are non-denominational now? <laughs> yes, yes, Spencer, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> Spencer, we'll just have to go ahead and go right to the we think they're lying phase. You think they're lying? Yeah, okay. yeah absolutely. Well, I'll save you I, any trouble and yeah, okay. get, get, get move past. Thank you for saving me the troubles. <laughs> oh, God dang it. What do you think, what was the real character then if it wasn't this uh, ham murderer? Uh, the real character was Lucky from the Lucky Charms cereal. And that was, his spinoff was the cereal at, made after the Shamrock Shake. That's a fun answer. Uh, not, not exactly. Uh, you, were, you were actually a little closer when you were talking about Grimace. Oh. Uh, it's actually Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew that. I, I swear. I knew that. that. It was, uh, flashbacks. I hate that. It was Grimace's green uncle. That's so terrible. <laughs> also, I found out today that there's a, um, a Wikipedia. Like, you know how like, there'll be Wikipedia pages for, like, you know, uh, Buffy or whatever? There's a McDonald's Wikipedia page. Oh, it's a, it's a nightmare. It's very fun. They describe Grimace's whole extended family. Um, I did recently search, Google image search Grimace. Uh-huh. And if you do that and you keep scrolling far enough, yeah. it's, it's just a wild adventure, you guys. <laughs> it really is. The, the types of art you see are so crazy. <laughs> no, I highly recommend it. Speaking of, speaking of which, Spencer. Yes. Grimace's wife. I, I'm sorry? Grimace's wife. Grimace's wife, very hot. Yeah, boy. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the Wookiee family from the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Just the first 15 minutes of just them talking in Grimace speak. Yeah. Which I guess is just English, isn't it? He speaks English. Yeah. He's, yeah. James, so if you came into my... What? I'm paying you millions of dollars to uh-huh. run my advertising campaign for the yeah. most powerful franchise sure. in America. 
And you came up with Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You took the ham murderer on me. <laughs> How much coke am I on before this meeting to say, yeah, 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 let's go with that? Well, just, just wait till later. We got, we got some better mascots coming what? down the pipe. No. Yes. Hell so just yeah. hold, 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 uh, hold that question for later. All right, double down, TF. We all love the famous McDonald's advertising slogan, you'll buy it because you're weak. But maybe <laughs> the most... <laughs> He just spit out Did his I get drink. a spit take from Sammy? Oh, I that's, got it. Yeah, you got, got a spit number, take. Orange soda all number, over me. Number two spit take <laughs> from Sammy in as many months. Uh, anyway, uh, but maybe the most famous fast food ad campaign came from Wendy's and starred an elderly woman named Clara Peller who sparked the nation's imagination with her immortal phrase, where's the beef? Though the campaign was a wild success, Peller's relationship with Wendy's was short-lived as she and the company had a falling out. So what was the beef Wendy's had with the where's the beef lady? In the pot, rather do than die. Check my flavor. Coming from the river with the show for the razor. Who make me reminisce true like Deja? Who? I'm rubber. It's like glue. Whatever you say rubs off me. Stick to you. So I included that song because at one point they say, if you got beef, then bring the ruckus. Uh-huh. And uh, like I said earlier, I just failed to edit these very yeah, well. Yeah, so. they get to say the fun words, but I don't. <laughs> no, that was the radio edit version. Don't worry. I heard it. All right. Who, <laughs> what was the beef that Wendy's had with the Where's the Beef Lady? It's a two-part answer because okay. it, was actually, it wasn't just one thing, but she was in trouble, and it kind of pushed her over the edge. Uh, so in true 80s fashion, uh, she sold T-shirts saying, where's the beef, without Wendy's approval. Okay. Uh, and the other thing was, is then at some point, she actually did a commercial for another competing brand. Uh, I, I do not remember who it was, uh, unfortunately. And that they were just like, all right, you're done. And that's why Wendy's dropped her, because it was such a great campaign. We're pretty sure it was Burger King. But we're not 100%. Okay. W- was it a borscht? She could go, where's the beats? <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Daryl, I want to thank you for being on your last show with us. Thank you. <laughs> I want to thank Rich Camelucci for bringing me napkins from my face. <laughs> that was very... What about my arms? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want those. That's not my face. Rich gave Sammy like five paper towels and he used all of them at once. <laughs> and gave none to Logan. It's fine. I'm good, Rich. Thank you. <laughs> There's a splash zone over here. <laughs> yes, it truly is. So do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> got me. <laughs> or do you have more borscht jokes? I've exhausted my store of borscht <laughs> The borscht belt over here. Um, what, uh, where would she... What, what was this bootlegging operation she had going, though, with t-shirts? Like, uh, yeah, who she was, was an expert silk screener. <laughs> She's lived a full life. She was, like, in her 60s. She had a life before me. She was born during the Depression. She knows about lifting yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh-huh. She's silk screen. Well <laughs> silk screening t-shirts. Sure. And she was like, you know what? I'm not making that many residuals anymore. I gotta like take this into my own hands. I'm gonna okay. make some t-shirts. I don't have long to live. I need to get mine. Yeah. All right, paint me a picture of this t-shirt. Uh, it's Look at yellow, this screen. And it says, where's, where's the, the beef? No, come on. It can't just be that. It just said, where's the beef? And it maybe had uh, an outline of her face on it. And by maybe, I mean... All right, I like that. Okay. That's, that's what I recall. <laughs> sure. From the yeah. Do you then tell the truth? Was it uh, these, these no, two? No, they're lying Absolutely. to our faces. Oh, okay. uh, but we believe it was because she was actually an animal rights activist uh, and used her money uh, thusly. Oh. Well, the interesting thing about giving 
me two answers is that sometimes one of the answers is oh, right. Oh, no. Well, then... <laughs> so she actually uh, let me uh, pull up my thing here she did a commercial for another competing uh, uh, brand so very good Sammy we knew uh, I believe it was uh, for pasta sauce and in the commercial she said oh I found it oh yeah so darn that's culture good. Spencer yes can I tell a story uh, sure <laughs> Uh, so I am a child of immigrants, and my mom didn't get American culture 100%. Okay. So uh, in the 80s, uh, Burger King ran the herb. I'm, you know, the nerd guy. If you saw the nerd guy at Burger King, you would win like $10,000. The and nerd he was like, guy? I'm not familiar he was like, with this. It, it's just, oh, I'm, I'm herb. He was just like, because, you know, Burger King had like their herbs on their bur- I'm dating myself so much. <laughs> I don't know any of these references. I know. I'm losing about 90% of the audience, but this is for the 10% over 40. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> so, What's uh, up, so he was like super, he had super thick glasses. He had like slick back hair, like Revenge of the Nerds looking kind of nerd. And my mom thought it would be cool to buy uh-huh. me a shirt with a picture of this guy saying, I'm not Herb, because I kind of look like him. kind of looked like him. So I had to wear it to school. <laughs> you, you had to wear it to school. Well, my mom bought it for me. Oh, what a good Aww. son. It was not a fun day. <laughs> oh. Uh, you just wore it the one time? Well, I wore it at home. Oh, yeah. Just wore it around the house for, instead Where of everybody pajamas. knows you're it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, it's at this point of the show that I'd really love for the um, technical difficulties to really just slam me. So I'm going to need uh, Rich to pull up the, uh, uh, the little code on the screen, if you'd be so kind. And in the meantime, I'd like Sam to tell another story about how nerdy he was when he was uh, growing up. Sure. Uh, I, as I've said on this uh, podcast before, growing up, I am actually the exact age of the Stranger Things kids. And so I was like 10 in 1983, played Dungeons and Dragons with my wonderful diverse uh, group of friends, but we were super nerds and we biked everywhere. Uh, so one of our friends moved away to a neighboring city and we or, got on our bikes, or did not really realizing how far away it was, biked seven miles in the middle of summer to our friend's house to play Dungeons and Dragons till 10 o'clock and then realized, oh, we have to bike back. Oh, my God. This is during the height of satanic panic. And my, friend's, uh, my friend, whose mother was Baptist, had been calling the police. Because ah! not only was he going to play Dungeons and Dragons, he didn't check in where he was, and no one knew where he was or where I was. When I was oh, a child, no. my mom didn't let me uh, play Dungeons and Dragons or magic. And now I do both, and I worship Satan. So. Oh, hey, are you not <laughs> supposed you to play Dungeons and Dragons with no, me? No, I'm not supposed to play Dungeon, Dungeon Dragons. My mom will kill me if she finds out you're my dungeon master. I'm going to have to call your mom. <laughs> I Let's did put you down. I right have to get a permission slip from all of my players. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, let's, uh, thank you for telling you the story, Sammy. All right. Two all-beef patties. Uh, the signature drink at the Wendy's is the Frosty, a frozen dairy dessert that has been a company staple since it opened in 1969. You know what else premiered in 1969? The nice. A- the a- <laughs> thank you. The animated short Frosty the Snowman. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Since his debut, Frosty the Snowman has been a staple during the holiday times, although the song makes no mention of Christmas. And Um. there's no real evidence the song is based on an actual event, but it does take place in a real town. So in what town does Frosty the Snowman take place? All right, where does Frosty take place? Hawkins, Indiana. Yep. 
Hawkins, Indiana, the same place that Stranger Things, which I just mentioned, but minutes ago. Yeah. Mere yeah. Well, place. if you like Stranger Things so much, you would know that it is a spinoff of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Or Frosty's a prequel, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Cool, cool. It's kind of the Cimmerillion of uh, <laughs> Stranger Things. So, so if Stranger Things is a spinoff of Frosty the Snowman, sure. right, we should be seeing artifacts or tie-ins or themes in yes. Stranger Things. Okay, uh, could you identify some of those? Oh, uh, when yeah. the yeah, no uh, spoilers. No, when the Demogorgon comes through the rift, he says, "Happy birthday." <laughs> I said no spoilers. There's also there's also the part of the Frosty short where Frosty lays eggs inside of the kids. <laughs> Come on. No, these are pretty obvious in hindsight. Uh, Sarah, I know you're a big fan of Stranger Things. What else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, haven't you seen any of the scenes where, like, they have to have the hat on or else they'll die? Like, that sort of thing? Oh, that's right. Eleven can't do anything without the hat. She can't, like, bleed from her nose and stuff unless she has the hat on. Doesn't the hat tell you your magic house from your magic college? It does. It does. (laughs) It It tells you all about your magic. Also, has not anyone else noticed that Elle in Stranger Things has a carrot for a nose? (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's Wild. It does. Well, I mean, in Frosty, it was a musical, and there were songs. Uh, I don't remember any songs in Stranger Things, unless there was a musical number I missed. Yeah, there was. Have you not watched the latest season, Sam? Sure. Can you just t- sing uh, some of the song? Well, sing no. It. It's a. It's really. All it's a fun moment in time. season yeah, three. Yeah, we don't, don't want to spoil it. it. I'm the demigod. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, James? <laughs> uh, do we believe them? Was it Hawkins, Indiana? Well, no. it wasn't. <laughs> Although it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Uh, we believe it was Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, the home. It's an urban Wait. legend created <laughs> by when Nikola Tesla lived in Colorado Springs. The people of Colorado Springs thought that his electric machinations would bring to life creatures from another world. And he also cloned like, top hats. Like Demogorgons. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and you, the prestige is a documentary. <laughs> no, it was actually just in this place called Armonk, New York. Okay. Uh, why? <laughs> Technically, Indiana is closer. I, so. I, that's exactly that's exactly right. So yeah. I will give you the points. Dang. Yes. Thank you, Spencer. Is that like a, one of those like elocution warm ups? Our monk, New York. <laughs> Unique Our New York. Yeah, yeah. Monk, New York. You know Our I'm Mark Monique Marnork. No, <laughs> Don't cast a spell at me, James. <laughs> <laughs> All right, double down TF. There aren't many fast food chains with the nostalgic appeal of A&W all-American food. They sell hot dogs, sandwiches, floats, and, of course, just classic A&W root beer in a frosted mug. Yep. But in the 1970s, the company was struggling against the juggernaut of McDonald's. The marketing director for A&W knew there was only one reason behind McDonald's success. They had a great mascot. So he created the iconic, unforgettable, universally beloved, and world-famous A&W mascot we all love today. Say it with me. The bear. Rudy. Rudy, the great American root bear. Cool. Oh, Oh, yeah, root bear. I can see we have a lot of Rudy fans. Root boy. Uh, But Rudy almost didn't make it to the big time. Focus groups for the bear mascot were dismal. And there was another big reason that Americans didn't fall in love with Rudy, the great American root bear. Why didn't American focus groups like Rudy? Things that bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander, wherever I roam I couldn't be found of my big home The bees are buzzing in the tree To make some honey just for me When you look under the rocks and plants And take a glance at the fancy ants Alright, what do we think here? Why didn't American focus groups like Rudy... 
Uh, well, we already had the bears that we loved, and some examples were uh, Smokey the Bear, uh, Yogi, Yogi Bear, Bear. Mm-hmm. you know, and of course the bears. The bears. Uh, uh, but the reason they didn't like that bear was not only was there bear oversaturation, was because we were also it's during the Cold War with Russia, and so bears reminded them of the big red menace, the Iron Curtain, communism. <laughs> so he was Rudy was an analog for Khrushchev. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Were there any Were there any other uh, Soviet menu items at the time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You had like uh, Comrade Cola, <laughs> borscht, 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 and they skated out to your car. Right there a big the cold bowl of borscht on a roller skating waitress <laughs> just coming out to your car. Now you're uh, talking my language. Yeah. Yeah. You can like sit a- in the parking lot and sip it. <laughs> So like a blacklist situation where if you went to an A&W, you couldn't go to any other fast food chain restaurant? Well, that's what they were afraid of, what would happen with a Russian mascot. I mean, the 70s, 80s were a horrible time to deal with that. And you still had like all these TV shows saying, yeah, we're going to die, the Russians, Russians, Russians. It's like war games, but for real. Yeah, Matthew Broderick. For real. For real. Yeah, I think they're telling the truth. <laughs> oh, wow. We got it. Go, go we got it on the recordings. It. We're telling the truth. Okay, well. Uh, no, 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 no. We don't <laughs> think they're telling the truth. Kidding. They're lying. Okay, what's the real answer then? Uh, well, Rudy actively uh, <laughs> advocated for four forest fires. Yeah, he was <laughs> oh, he's an arsonist. <laughs> yeah. Only you Focus can... groups didn't like yeah, he was a, Yeah, he was the perfect foil for Smokey, so people didn't people like didn't him. People didn't like that. Well, yeah, he wanted to get it hot so people that we would be driven like cattle towards his cool, refreshing beverages. <laughs> okay, that's um, an interesting game plan. Uh, no, it's actually because uh, he was too Canadian. Foreign xenophobia. <laughs> Which it means I will be giving you points because Russia is uh, closer to Canada than what they said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. On a too technicality. Canadian. As a Canadian myself. Is that true? Well, I'm... Fr- French-Canadian? I'm French-Canadian. I'm a Canadian citizen, but I'm not like... I never lived there, but I am a citizen of Canada. So I'm mad. <laughs> That's what I can say. But she's so nice and polite about how mad she is. I yeah. should, yeah, I should have known. All right, two all beef patties. Burger King, the perennial second fiddle to McDonald's, first called Insta Burger King in 1953. It was purchased by two Miami based franchisees in 1954 and renamed Burger King. It now has almost 18,000 locations globally. What is the only country in which Burger King does not operate under its own name? And for bonus points, what name does it use? That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. They call me quite loud, but I'm a Mary always the same. All right, what do we think here? What, what country are we talking about? It's very uh, yeah, it's Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yep. Do, we, do you have a name uh, that they go by instead? Yes, Burger Emir. Burger Emir. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. So if I so if I went there to Saudi Arabia, why why was there a Burger King previously? Because that's not the language. They do not speak English. That's not their base language. So why would it be called Burger King in Saudi Arabia? Why wouldn't it be called something else in their native language? Well, you know, the legal reasons. The law. Yeah, the, uh, Jimmy Stewart just joined our crew. Uh, <laughs> For those of yeah, you listening at home. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't make now. that burger build it. <laughs> I mean, they, they tried to keep it as a, 
close to, you know, what it was in the U.S. as they could. But, you know, they had to change it a little bit. <laughs> Can't sure. be saying king. What are some of the menu items that this faux Burger King... It's the same menu as uh, regular Burger King, except oilier. Huh. <laughs> uh, it's just not oh, like geez. a McDonald's... Mc- Don, McDonald's situation from coming to America? Yeah, McDowell's. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> say, say the name again. Bur- Burger Emir. Burger Emir. <laughs> is Emir uh, another word for king? I feel like that would be Burger Chic. Oh, yeah, defend your uh, Defend your joke, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Chic and Emir? Like, well, Daryl, they're just, synonyms, yeah? Do, do you know who who is ruling... It's the king of Saudi Arabia. Thank we you. know, Thank but, you, that's, but the reason, the reason, that's the reason. That's that the they reason can't. we can't say king. It's yeah. because there can only be one king. There can only be one Not king. Not the Burger King. Right. There has oh. to be the king of Saudi Arabia. Who, incidentally, is the Burger King. Yeah. Because he's the king of Saudi Arabia. There are burgers. He's king of them. Transitive property. Wow. You, oh, you guys try to trap them? We are somehow my argument stronger. The truth. <laughs> They're wow. really doubling down. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Uh, Burger Emir? Is that the name of the restaurant now? Um, no. no. Okay. Probably not. Sadly. And what, and what country? Is it the right country, at least? Is it Saudi no, Arabia? it no. is in Europe. It is in the United Kingdom. I'm not sure about a specific country, although... We're pretty sure it's England. Okay. Uh, we're not 100% sure, but we are 98% sure. Kind of like the meat. Sure. Yeah. And, and what do we think the name of it is in England? Uh... Burger lad. <laughs> burger lad. I don't think the word burger is in it at all. Oh, meat patties. Meat lad. Yeah. Meat lad. I did, th- I did live a... there for a brief period of time, and I feel like I vaguely remember... Sandwich chappy. It <laughs> being something else. I, I believe that's from South Damn Africa. Damn you. Throwing stuff at the wall here. And seeing Oi, what's, what's all this then, burgers? <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the West restaurant. West End Burgers. Oi, what's all this then, burgers? American yeah. Sandwich Czar. <laughs> the East End Burgers. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually Australia. Oh. Oh. Uh, and awesome. the uh, the name they go by is Hungry Jacks. What? Wow. Yeah. Wait, right. is he related to Kangaroo Jack? Uh, he oh. is related to Kangaroo Jack. Hell that's yeah, right. dude. How would they s- say it? Hungry Jack? Hungry uh, Jacks. Lizardisk, Lizardisk. That's the word to get me into it. Okay, it's Hungry Jack. No, that doesn't sound like really alien, does it? burger on the barbie. I, yeah, I, I don't a, know. I have a word to get me into Liam Neeson. Into so Liam Neeson? I, it's Yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> Yogurt. So say something else. Banana. <laughs> That's Liam Neeson in Australia. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Neeson, could you uh, go ahead and repeat your order for your meal? Uh, banana yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm uh, sorry, the machine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've, we've, re- we've reached our final question. This is for Double Down TF. The fast food titans of the world have long been finding more and more creative ways to get us to shove their carbs in our carb holes. But perhaps the most creative fast food advertising was deployed by Burger King in 2006 when they released a series of Burger King-themed Xbox 360 games in their stores for purchase. These games all feature characters from the Burger King-iverse, such as The King, The Subservient Chicken, and Brooke Burke for some reason. That's true. Brooke Burke was in all of these games. I don't know why. These, oh, is that why? Because her name sounds like the onomatopoeia of a chicken sound? Bur- Burger King, BK. Bur- Bur- Brooke Burke. BK. Bur- She's got the letters Bur- in her name. Let's okay, see. Sure. Uh, these three games were successful enough to sell over 3.2 million copies and were largely credited for the 40% increase in Burger King sales during the quarter in which they were released. Mm. What were the names of these three Xbox games that Burger King came out with? I can tell you one. <laughs> 
We know. Hit me. <laughs> the first one is Sneak King. Okay. The second is Crazy Carts. Okay. And the final one was The Great Fry Escape. And okay. here's the best part. Logan used to work at a GameStop. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, that's true. <laughs> and people would come pouring in just for these Burger King games, right? I, no. They would. They would not last on our shelves that long. <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, you could buy the games at Burger King for like five bucks maybe? How much were, if you turned in a copy, if you traded in a copy of one of the Burger King games, how much would they give you? Uh, GameStop would give you a pittance, probably <laughs> around 50 cents to a dollar, and sell them for seven to eight it's a pretty good return. Oh, that's GameStop, baby. <laughs> Dude, go ahead. Well, now it's okay. So sneaking, that, that one's real. I played that. I had that. <laughs> How'd was, you do? It was buggy as all hell. It sucks. Yeah, it's real, real buggy. But the premise is you are the king, and you hide in trash cans and behind hedgerows to sneak up on unsuspecting suburbanites and give them burgers. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like spaghetti. You guys remember spaghetti? From Tim and Eric? Yeah. And he just pops out and he's like, spaghetti. And he, he's a guy who just has spaghetti. <laughs> like maybe throw spaghetti at people or just is holding spaghetti. Are yeah. there any other characters from Tim and Eric you'd like to describe? Um, yeah, there's um, Steve Brule. Oh, yeah, Dr. Steve Brule. Classic. Isn't that his name, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, he's, uh, what's his name? Um, don't tell me. The uh, guy who's in Chicago, Mr. Cellophane. Yeah, the guy from Gangs of New York. Oh. Mr. Cellophane. Oh, yeah. oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. No, 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 no. no. Lewis. He, he was in Talladega Nights. It's Jack McRae? No, it's Daniel Day-Lewis. From Talladega Nights. Yeah, he's of retired course. now. Daniel Day Lewis is so good; he can pretend to be John C. Riley, pretending to be Steve Brule. Why yeah. didn't I realize it? It's pretty method. All right, enough of your hokey pokey. What is, your, <laughs> what, what is what is the Great Fry Escape about? Yeah, come on. That's easy. You're in. Uh, I don't want to say a prison because they didn't want to make it that association. <laughs> but you're locked up somewhere, and you're trying to get out of a building. And there are people sneaking around, and you are playing Burk Burk, and you have to fly around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a gulag. So you are a fry, and then you are yes. the fry that is escaping? Or yes. you're escaping No, from you're fries. the birdie, and you're trying to escape, and fries were power-ups. Oh, of course. Yeah. And Brooke Burke was in that one. <laughs> can, can, Logan, I'm, please indulge me. What would Liam Neeson sound like playing this game? Fries. <laughs> Birds. Brooke Burke. <laughs> he would just say the words that's in the yeah, game. Yeah, have you ever watched a YouTube stream of someone playing a game? That's all they, that's all they How do. How does he no, say no Burger offense. King? Burger King. Yeah. Wait, can I, can I see Liam Neeson playing Five Nights at Freddy? And they getting scared? This is a weird pizza parlor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's pretty good. Do we think they're telling the truth about these uh, three titles? God, I know Sneaking is one, so they're telling a third of the truth at least. Okay. I'll say right now, Sneaking is correct. Daryl, help. Yeah, uh, I, Crazy Cart sounds right. Okay. Uh, the, escape, the Great Fry Escape, I'm not sure about. Yeah, okay. This is the one I don't one know out. about. Yeah. That. I think we uh, wait, wait, wait. What was the one you said? <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was a dance game called Break King. Huh? Okay, sure. Break King. In the similar vein as Sneak King. Yes. yes. Uh, Daryl, what does Liam Neeson sound like playing Break King? <laughs> oh, <laughs> good moves. <laughs> <laughs> what country is he from? I Honestly, do we any of us know? No, I guess you're right, yeah. <laughs> That's part of his He's history. the Tommy Wiseau of the mainstream. <laughs> wow. Uh, 
I just want to acknowledge, Logan, you have a special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. And they're breaking, sneaking, and <laughs> Mario Kart knocking off. Uh-huh. Now, the, the, the Mario Kart one was close. Um, the, the three titles, I, I believe it was Pocket Racers, actually, is what you were oh, trying to think yeah. of. Uh, and the other one was Big Bumpin'. But, but, uh, I forgot about Big Bumpin'. Dude, if, you can, <laughs> if you can describe for me what Big Bumpin' is. As Liam Neeson. It's about bumper cars. <laughs> yeah, that's basically correct. Yeah. Yay! Yep. So uh, at the end of the game, it was, uh, you know what? Two old beef patties was running away with it at the beginning, but uh, all these Liam Neeson impressions really won the game for Double Down TF, who are our big winners tonight for 70 points to 50 points. So congratulations. <laughs> speech, speech, speech. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, now tell me, did I win Miss Congeniality? You sure did. Yeah. I've been trying to win Miss Congeniality, and I'm so happy to be all your friend. Um, Thank you. Thanks. We're all friends. I want to thank all the friends of the audience and all the friends at home and all the friends on stage. Thank you very much, and have a good night, y'all. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Monday at 8 o'clock, right here in Chicago at the Comedy Sports Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to cszchicago.com and use the promo code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week... Logan Dean can be heard hosting his podcast, Low, a fantasy and sci-fi D&D romp. Check out low.simplecast.com for more info. Sarah Costello can be seen at Second City performing Sarah Normal Activity, a spooky Halloween solo show on October 10th, 17th, and 24th. Eleni Sovajo can be seen streaming online at twitch.tv slash it's Mike Eleni time. She can also be heard on the Neoscum podcast. For more info, go to neoscum.com. Daryl Monty performs sketch comedy as part of Fiasco at the Crowd Theater, Fridays at 10 p.m. James Freetley hosts the podcast Lakeshore and Limbo, an occult noir detective series told using improvisers and dice. New episodes every Monday right here on Arcade Audio. And as always, Sammy to Mimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.